we're back again. Hello. It's the Dice Are Screaming coming at you on a Friday. Oh. oh, yes, the Dice Are Screaming. And we're back with topic and lots of fun stuff to talk about tonight. We can't wait to tear into it, but it's but been first. a good week. So we hope that you all enjoyed some gaming. And we have some call-ins from Larry Hamilton and Colin Green, you know, Spike Dad. So we'll get to those in just a minute. But uh, first, just a little preamble. It's been uh, kind of snowy up here in southwest <laughs> lower Michigan. Yes, it has. Where were you at? Whether you're having a fire or uh, hopefully you're safe with that. I, I haven't quite gotten used to this uh, snowiness yet. Uh, it, it seems like only a few weeks ago it was so hot two hobbits threw a ring into our backyard. But uh, here we are all of a sudden wielding snow shovels uh, and scraping off cars. So it's it's yeah. back to winter in Michigan once again. Which means lots of gaming. And... Oh yeah, indoor sports. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but... Uh... While we're also talking about that, uh, we're talking about the state of gaming these days, and uh, one thing we'd like to talk about is the OSR being cool with the peeps, and uh, hats off to all you out there doing your thing. We hope that uh, you all have fun with it and treat each other well. Yeah, I mean, let's remember, uh, OSR is pointless if it's just a tiny cadre of persons, uh, locked in the past uh, down in some basement somewhere. It's supposed to be a living, breathing thing where we bring the origins of gaming into the modern era, where we reacquaint people with where we came from, uh, what this was about when it yeah. began. And to reacquaint people, at some point, you have to reacquaint people. So, yeah, self-evidently, you, you, you must eventually uh, you know, leave the, the nest and fly and go share this with other people. And for all those of you out there who are really making the grade and getting the word out and uh, sharing a terrific game with a whole new generation of people, uh, good on you. Yeah, that's off you guys. And you're the ones that we really love. And uh, we hope you love us too. You know, that whole, it's a bro love. <laughs> love you. Love you like a brother. Just Not a like bro. Not like a Navy brother, just like a brother. Yeah. Okay. No offense to my squid compatriots out there. <laughs> you guys are awesome, by the way. <laughs> but we're going to get right into it. Some call-ins. We're going to start off first with Larry Hamilton from Follow Me and Die. Love your podcast, Larry. You've been nailing it. So we're going to get right into it. So take it away, Larry. Hey, fellas. This is Larry with Follow Me and Die. Enjoyed your episode. The Marvel superheroes is what we played back in the day. I don't remember ever playing other superhero games back in the day. I forget who owned Marvel Superheroes, but I didn't. I never owned it. I had fun trying to make up characters and comparing the different strengths. My recollection is I really like the system, but I haven't played in 35 plus years, so specifics are vague. But now that you've done your superhero episode... What episode are you going to not do for the longest time? You've got a new trope to figure out. I'm curious to find out if you do. Thanks for the tribute to Stan. Talk to you later. All right, everybody, that was Larry Hamilton from Follow Me and Die. And if you're not listening to him, well, you should be. Yes, shame on you. 
Um, You've been sorely negligent. Thank you, Larry, for the kind words. Um, yeah, Marvel superheroes, big uh, fan of ours at our gaming table early on as well. It's been a long time since we've cracked the cover on. Yeah, them. likewise. Yeah, it just our little story is is uh, I kind of slipped it in on the radar. Um, we were doing an overnight, and I just pulled it out and basically forced everybody to play Captain America and the uh, All Star Squadron. And at first, it was a little hokey for everybody. Yeah, but I mean, you know, really, once I got into the rhythm of punching the crap out of Nazis, I was pretty much in my happy place. Yeah, good old Cap. Uh, boy, when he found out how strong Captain America was, could pick up a half track and throw it. Yeah, that, not to mention Ultimate Shield. Yeah. Ever. Best toy ever. Although, jumping on top of the uh, one of the uh, half tracks and using an MG42. <laughs> Shooting down planes. <laughs> yep. That was that was a moment that uh, maybe Captain America's writers would not have endorsed, but boy, did it make a good you make a good argument for the fact that hey, you're shooting up planes, <laughs> you're not just mowing down people. Oh yeah, yeah, that was not the yeah, the grand purpose, but uh, you know, uh, Cap is is a classic and well worth playing under any circumstances. So Marvel was a nice chance to. to Wear that hat for a moment. Yeah, we did get to do a couple X-Men here and there, but uh, it was pretty hit and miss. We were pretty standard D&Ders with some other games mixed in, like Star Trek. and. Uh, oh, yeah, I remember Star Trek. Didn't I always play Red Shirt? No, you played Dr. McCoy. Oh. what fits your personality. Uh, then, yeah. I, Very... I did the cantankerous thing real well, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> ethics and principles biting you in the ass. Yeah, yeah. Lots of ethics and principles, but cantankerous about them. And a good drinker. Well, that too. Uh, not far. It, it wasn't really a stretch of a role for me. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we had a lot of fun with different games, and yeah, that's why we wanted to do a superhero one. And uh, of course, as you said, what is our next trope that we're going to do? Well, we have several ideas. We're going to surprise you with it, but uh, yeah, it kind of was uh, kind of withstands death. It kind of pulls the trigger for us, and his passing, of course, is uh, a mention that basically forced our hand into that. But uh, you know what, um, Stan, as we said, he influenced so many people. I just feel that like it's kind of hard. Yeah, we're very much into the creativity and things that foster creativity in gamers. So peripheral though comics might be, the same way films and, and many books are, it, it, are they gaming itself? No, they are not. But they're kind of the roots of the tree, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, and Stan, he was that too. He was another one of the roots. Yeah, he was. And uh, so, uh, again, where we are, Stan, hats off to you, man. We owe you a big debt. Yeah, we'll we'll come up with our next trope. Uh, we'll we'll <clears throat> open the kimono eventually, just oh, not today. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, oh. I was, was going to dredge that back out oh, eventually. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's been a couple episodes, hasn't uh, it? Yeah, but yep, moving right along, we've got another one from Colin Green being cheeky for us. So uh, <laughs> get get ready for this one, folks. Take it away, Colin Green. Hi, Mike and Randy, it's Colin, Spike Pit. Listened uh, to your Stan Lee episode, really enjoyed it. I used to play Champions, Golden Heroes, Marvel, back in the day. And I was going to say, I don't really play superhero games now. But uh, then, of course, I remembered, there's this uh, little game, you might have heard of it. 
Wizards of the Coast put it out a few years back and it's called 5e Dungeons and Dragons. There's a hero game. And uh, some would say a superhero game. It's got all the ingredients that make a superhero game except the uh, the uh, lycra suits and colourful clothing. But uh, you could add that in as well if you like. <laughs> Catch you later. All right, Colin. Everybody, that's Colin Green, Spike Pit. And again, listen to him. You, you really need to listen to that podcast. Oh, yeah, right, good times. And I, I got to hand it to him. There's a campaign. You, know, you made a great point, okay? Laughingly, and I love your lead-in to this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, well played, sir. Well played. Indeed. <laughs> but well, we yeah, were... Yeah, we heard a- of that game, Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition, but we'll one-up you, Pathfinder. Oh. Yeah, D&D 5th Edition has superpowers in it. Pathfinder is the but, premium superpowers. I, I, I do want to say it's campaign-specific. Uh, what is the name of that, that newest campaign set? Uh, Oh, uh, War of the Crown. War of the Crown. Uh, one of the players in our group is currently a masked Avenger style, you know, uh, cloaked vigilante uh, whose powers are in his cape. You know, his, his billowing cloak uh, lends to his identity and is theoretically a uh, artifact type thing. Uh, and it assists him in his, you know, quest. For justice. For justice. For great justice. And backstabbing. (laughs) Uh, His twin swords of justice. Uh, It is a perfect example of it being a superhero kind of scenario inside a standard fantasy RPG. And it is just great. We're having an awesome time with it. Yeah, along with the normal roles of a cleric of Avatar. And, uh, uh, well, yeah, that's that's my character, who is much more the straight man in this thing. The uh, the very even-tempered, thoughtful, lawful, neutral, you know, let's find the orderly and reasonable way to go about this. Uh, whereas uh, <laughs> our masked Avenger is more like the action man in Venture Bro- Brothers. You know, action, action, action! Whoa, whoa, dial it back there, song. <laughs> that's a lot of action. Yeah, so... Good you, times. You can have, uh, as one man told me a long time ago, and I tried to start a Villains and Vigilantes game in a D&D campaign, these are my superheroes! <laughs> Thank you, Dan McJunk, and you wild man. <laughs> yeah, uh, some people just, you know, they prefer the sword and sorcery stuff, and, I, and hey, I'm with them right there, too. But superhero gaming takes a little different of approach, and one of the things uh, we didn't quite touch on, I think... And we were a little remiss on because of the time constraints, of course. We're, we had a lot to talk about with Stan. But uh, one of the things is the way that the panels played out in superhero games uh, bears some thought in how you play not only your character, but also how you game master. You need kind of that build-up where the villain introduces himself, busts through a wall, or, you know, oh, yeah. Dr. Destroyer is here to ruin your day. And, you know, that's when um, the sphincter clightening action starts and you have to start <laughs> thinking like, okay, this, this isn't a bunch of goons we're going to mow over in like two rounds. Yeah, he, this is gonna he threw be a, a mini boss. Yeah, this is a big <laughs> one. And so, yeah, that has some uh, comparisons to normal fantasy gaming, but it's a little different. But yeah, thank you for the cheeky lead in there. <laughs> You definitely are 
Yeah, we have indeed heard of that game, uh, surprisingly enough. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of that game... That game? What that game? brings us oh, we to got our topic. most recent topic. Prepare yourselves. Topic <laughs> is coming. My body is ready. <laughs> oh. oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> uh, dwarves. Dwarves, yes. We're going to talk about dwarves tonight. Now, we really... I haven't touched much on demi-humans, and we could use that as a meta-topic, but we're going to chop it up and dole it out to you in bits and pieces. Yes, we will talk about notes. Yeah, I don't want to do, like, you know, uh, 3.5 minutes per demi-human. That is just unacceptable to me. I mean, there's enough meat on the bone with every single one of the demi-human races that they kind of deserve their own highlight. Because, well, and we're starting with dwarves, because it's Kind of uh, beyond elves, okay. Uh, dwarves and elves are really dwarves, the, elves, and hobbits. Yeah, it's it's the big trio. That's the the start of the game. Uh, now, you know, we date back to the era where there were a few additions where they were their own class. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, we quickly grew out of those additions, and by the time we were adolescents, uh, you know. Dwarf fighter clerics, dwarf fighter thieves even. Yeah, so there is no reason to just nail our foot to the floor with like, oh, we only got like, you know, three and a half minutes uh, for the dwarf and then three and a half minutes for the L. Yeah, dwarves wield axes. Okay, next. Yeah, way too high speed topical for us because we're rambling lunatics. Yeah, we we like to draw on. However, we enjoy all ten of you listening to us, so... We'll yeah, hopefully deliver some content. So starting out with dwarves, all right. Yeah, they are hairy, grumpy little farts with axe <laughs> fetishes, and they hate orcs and goblins. All right, but they're much so much more, and you know they come from mythology. Yeah, uh, the crafters of the gods from the Norse, but they also have other connotations too that have been drawn on throughout myth. The idea of the crippled smith. The artisan who takes a hit for his craft. Yeah, and uh, fascinatingly, in the origins of many a myth, uh, crafting gods, especially metalsmith gods, uh, in the ancient world, more than once share the trait of being lame. Uh, And it has been implied in a few serious studies But this is because in the Bronze Age, as we transitioned into that Iron Era, uh, if you go back to the Bronze Age, there was an issue with certain metals like copper being Mm -hmm. tainted with arsenic. And in the process of purifying the metal and preparing to make it into weapons uh, and fuse it into bronze, those persons who worked with it best... uh, they frequently found themselves, you know, to some degree palsied eventually by chronic exposure to toxics and the you know, toxins in the metal. The other explanation for it was that because smithing in warlike cultures was considered such a valuable craft, uh, and in the early days of iron smithing, when you know the making of actual iron weapons was coming into vogue, it was so precious a skill that some smiths were actually made lame on purpose so that they could not flee and take their skills to another country. Uh, So, yeah, dark origin for the smith. 
But dwarves, with their lack of height, yeah, uh, are a perfect archetype. They're also greedy. They are great lovers of gold, and uh, they often spend a amount, deep amount of time, or inordinate amount of time, deep under the earth, mining out the treasures. And that their love of things, gold and shining and precious, lead them kind of astray at times. Yeah, that this is this is where the dwarf class, the dwarf you know uh, character type. Uh, they have their little struggles, too. Just because it says that they're lawful good on average does not mean they all are. Yeah, they are. Just like any race, um, there are different examples, of course. Um, in fantasy gaming, when dwarves came to the table, they were primarily, in the original box set, fighters. They could be fighting men, and later they could kind of multi-class into fighter thieves. But a little less spent on that, was mostly they were, when you created a dwarf, you pretty much had an axe or a big hammer. Yeah. And those are, the choice of weapons, too, says a lot about the race. Now, of course, we all know why they have the axe, Gimli. Oh, sure. And thank you, Gimli. But the axe is a very efficient weapon. It has only one purpose. Unlike a sword, which can also be ceremonial and somewhat noble, the axe is a brute force weapon that shows complete dedication to <laughs> one thing, hewing your opponent from limb to limb. Yeah, a sword can have a certain degree of delicacy, uh, you know, that there's there's a almost romanticized art to sword work. Yes. Uh, especially as you go further along in history and you move up to the Renaissance and it became about point work and not about smashing through things. Uh, you know, using the end of the sword much the way one would use a pike. Mm -hmm. uh, was originally considered somewhat ungentlemanly when it was first discovered that you could do this. <laughs> uh, but the axe, there's no kidding around with it. There's only one way to use it, and that's swing harder! Yeah, and even a near-miss off armor would often break bones or leave such deep bruises as to leave the limb unusable. Bang! So the dwarves used a brutally efficient weapon, spoke a lot about their mindset. They were here to do one thing. They were here to kick ass... Chew bubblegum. And they, they were all out of gum. Yeah. Or bash down the door and kick smart. Uh. In the jimmy. <laughs> so, and that brings us to the next thing. Is another thing that uh, dwarves are renowned for is their deep and unabiding hatred of orcs and goblins. Oh boy, they hate those guys. Well, yeah, orcs, goblins, uh, hobgoblins, all of the goblinoid races are also frequently uh, burrowers. Mountain dwellers, you know, they're diggers and, you know, they love precious things too. And alignment-wise, uh, dwarves may in fact be a greedy lot in the sense that if they dig something out of the earth, you are going through uh, heaven and hell to get that thing from them. But they're not just going to knock you over the head and steal your stuff. That's the difference. Uh, whereas the goblinoid races, on the other hand, he has shinies. Kill it! You know, and that's it. There's no... There, none of that lawful good namby-pamby, we have a society with laws crap from the uh, the orcs and the goblinoids. No. They're more in the pure acquisition mode. And the dwarves, naturally, be, can you imagine any other circumstance other than total conflict and total animus? No. no. So, you know, in the dwarves, they bring a lot to the table. If you have a half-orc in the group... You and the dwarf aren't going to be drinking buddies for a long time. No. But the good thing, just like with Gimli and Legolas, dwarves are merit-based. 
if you show yourself to be stout and true to your word and even stand up to their grumpy asses, yeah, short as they are, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, there was a joke there standing up to a dwarf. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, okay. I'm leaving alone. Yeah. Kneeling down to a dwarf. <laughs> yeah, playing my first dwarf, I endured my share of short jokes. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. You're in. <laughs> Break it out. I never ran short of them. Uh, <laughs> uh, although sometimes they ran long. Oh, so they did. I I went a little too far with a few of them. But yeah, dwarves are a stoic bunch too, and you're welcome about that too. Yeah. Um. Putting up with a lot of things, and that gave uh, also credence to their legendary toughness and resilience versus poisons and magic. And to highlight what makes a, a you know a standard group of adventurers lucky to have a dwarf in it, uh, it is a terrific combo package of skills in almost every single edition of D anD. d Doesn't matter which one or Pathfinder. Yeah, well, Pathfinder's D anD. d You know, it is the Inheritor of the 3.5 era. So, yeah. uh, in all of these systems, the dwarf brings you a reasonable degree of toughness, a modest resistance to certain forms of magic uh, and or poisons and things of that ilk, uh, the ability to see in the dark, <laughs> a familiarity with stonework of all types, I mean, and it just keeps getting better. Okay? Oh, yeah, and beards. And, well, all right, if you like beards. And drinking. And, and drinking. Uh, but bonuses against goblinoid races. Advantages in combat against giant creatures. Yeah, and their foes, the giants. <laughs> it just keeps coming. They are a terrific, uh, not to mention the long-lived trait, which means that certain aging effects are not as critical when aimed at a dwarf. Yeah, and so dwarves were a great player character race and played well. Initially, people just gravitated towards the typical archetype of Gimli and all that. And nothing wrong with that, because Gimli's a great character. He's loyal, he's a good friend, and most of all, if sometimes a little grumpy and contrary at times, stubborn, <laughs> well, those traits do uh, serve him well. With a group of friends. Oh. He does not give up lightly. And I almost forgot yet another advantage. They're natural sprinters. Oh, yeah. Very dangerous over short distances. <laughs> yeah, so you had to take a hit with a dwarf and moving fast, but hey, you know. <laughs> so as uh, the games developed, dwarves were primarily fighters, and for the reasons we meant, we just mentioned, but uh, they also had that kind of larceny as a pursuit. They were given to thieves. Thievery from and time to time. This is where you could diverge a little. Uh, in the, the later editions, uh, as we move into first edition proper uh, and second and beyond, uh, they opened up, you know, dwarves stopped being a mere class uh, and started being a standard player character race uh, and giving them a certain amount of flexibility and letting them be fighter clerics, mm -hmm. fighter thieves, uh, Standard fighter, standard thief, no. assassin was not off the table. No, 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 no. Uh, so we didn't talk about that one. That was... <coughs> yeah. Dwarf yeah. assassins, what? <laughs> They'll never see it come. Nobody expects a dwarven assassin. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, oh, uh, backstab. <laughs> and more's the pity that you didn't see it coming. No, uh, the flexibility that was granted to the class 
may not have been uh, as flexible as some of the others, but it certainly enriched the playing of a dwarf, because a, a dwarven fighter, thief, or a dwarven thief uh, was a thing to be reckoned with. When you stack those stone-sensing skills and the ability to see in the dark, uh, not to mention being able to fight against a giant kind with an advantage to your armor class and a bonus against goblins, and, uh, all of that, yeah, hey, resistance to poison and magics is just a great combo if you're playing a rogue. Hello, Dwarven Tunnel Fighter. Yeah, and I've done the Dwarven, you know, rogue thing before, uh, and the Elven Rogue. Uh, the Dwarven Rogue I didn't get to play as long. Uh, more's the pity. Yeah. I did have a good time with that fighter cleric, although he got his head pounded down into his shoulders by not even an orc chief. It was it was like the oh the he was an orc chief. He was the sub chief. Yeah, he was a sub chief. But hey, man, when you first saw him, you got to take. Dick yeah, I, I took my lumps. It, it just like, whoa! How much? <laughs> oh! Sorry. Death by orc! There can be no lower form. Arrowed! That's I'm lower. Sorted! Oh! I hate this game! Cricket <laughs> game. Um, the worst game I ever played! Uh, yeah, dwarves <laughs> have, they bring a lot to the table, and as a player character, when you made a dwarf fight or dwarf fighter or whatever, People kind of knew that, uh, you know, and you got a tough little dude there. So, but more over, we began to examine more about the Dwarven culture. That, uh, you know, they were craftsmen, they were warriors, but they also were kings and they were also heroes. And that is the big thing where we began to look at how human kind started to somewhat get left behind. Now, later editions would pick them back up, but, you know, dwarves just have a lot of advantages. A long lifespan. Even if they had a short shift on initial classes to choose from, later editions, like 3rd edition, opened it up. What do you mean I can be a dwarven wizard? Well, yeah. Yeah, if you're willing to take the lumps, you know, if you're willing to take a little hit here and there to your ability to get certain things done, maybe you're going to progress a little slower than a human mage. But you are going to be one tough spell slinger. That's right. But, you know, they they got to come at you with a brick uh, before they ruffle your feathers. Die four hit points this. Yeah. Ha! Now, that's... I, I did loosely approve. I, I had a little trouble at first. I'm going to just confess. Uh, in the offing of 3rd edition, when it first hit the shelves, I was not as open to... Everything being possible for everybody. Yeah. You know, I was just like, wow, ah, ah, this smacks of modern silliness. Ah, like the electric light. Yeah. Ah. That car. Whatever happened to clean burning whale oil? <laughs> you know, it just, people like you ruined that. Right. Uh, no. Uh, I, I was a little hostile to the idea at first, but as time wore on, it, it kind of wore on me. It just dawned on me that. You know, all those things that I kind of wondered about as a concept that I thought, well, wouldn't it be neat if I did this? Uh, but the game doesn't really permit that. And those walls came down, and I got used to it. Uh, and I still think that's a fair thing for the Yeah, dwarves. a dwarven rune wizard or a dwarven stoneborn sorcerer with, infused with the blood of the elemental powers. They're powerful archetypes, and they fit a lot with the old Nordic 
yeah, uh, very ideal of <laughs> they had their own form of magic and they were jealous of it. Yeah, very different from the familiar magics of humankind and specifically dedicated to the benefit of dwarven kind. Uh, ideal for their particular crafts, uh, reflecting their particular interests. So that also gave, uh, with Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, gave us another dwarf, which was the Troll Slayer. <laughs> oh boy, we can talk about the Troll Slayer for a long time, but all I'm going to say about that is that it started to open up the idea that there were more, there was more going on in those dwarven strongholds than just mining, warm beer, and stone walls. There was a lot going on, and they could just have as much intrigue. Now, uh, module about the tail end of second edition called Acts of the Dwarvish Lords came out, and it showed where the axe came from. It also hinted at the anvil of making and other items that were sacred to the dwarven religion. Their god Moradin. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, and we got to see more of the dwarven gods as time went on. Clan Geddon, Silverbeard, Dumathoan, he under the mountain. Oh, and uh, oh, what was her name? I can never remember. Uh, oh, yeah, it's the true Silver wasn't her name. But, uh, yeah, the, they developed, as time went on in through 2nd edition, a much more robust pantheon. Yeah, and it gave you a feel for the Dwarven soul. And so when you started to create a Dwarven character, you had to kind of start to figure out why would you leave the safety of a clan. Maybe it was the same things that drove humans to adventure, but Dwarves are a lot less likely to just wander off. Yeah, uh, so you could always formulate these, you know, somewhat more outrageous uh, explanations. Uh, you know, things that involved political intrigue and skullduggery, you know, or a personal shame uh, of some kind that has yet to be resolved before you can go home. Or, of course, they can just go with the happy-go-lucky guy uh, who honestly said, I just want to see the world. Right. You know, it, everything is open, obviously, in a backstory. But with dwarves, you had a window into a culture that was, you know, very home and family oriented and was not easily left behind. I, I liked that trait. Yeah, the dwarves had a, they had a disparity between genders. There were more men than there were women. That's another reason why they left. Is, well, maybe uh, looking at beards all day just kind of gets boring. <laughs> <laughs> and also uh, it's all about the beard baby you know, it is the dwarf you gotta have beard love <laughs> yep and so you know as crotchety and grumpy as they can be also a dwarf no better friend no worse enemy ah yes yeah notorious ferocity if, if you earn the enmity of a dwarf it will not be quickly forgotten nope. uh, or of a dwarven hold uh, like that, that. <laughs> yeah, more than just orcs and goblins can be their enemy. It's not just a hold. It's a hold on grudges. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that, <laughs> I'm putting this in my book. You you have a book? Yes. Everybody who's ever honked me off. <laughs> I'm going to get them. One by one. It's a big book. I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can you tell me about this book? Not unless you want to be in it. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know how we were just going to leave But yeah, besides being alcoholics and <laughs> axe wielding maniacs, dwarves. Oh. Oh, my armor is leatherier than a dwarven liver. Oh. <laughs> dwarves have a great reputation for holding grudges, and that's another fun thing to pull on. They have a lot of enemies, and in a world like Dungeons and Dragons, where there are a lot of dangerous monsters, you can understand why they are very one or single minded about 
destroying certain foes. And, you know, they can also be, you could also be humans. Humans can betray them too. Oh, absolutely. At uh, present, I'm running a uh, homebrew campaign in the first edition tradition. And uh, dwarves have only been reintroduced into society after the player characters earned their trust the hard way. Uh, because they had to overcome the animus that resulted from a long-ago human betrayal. Uh, you know, war, turf war, you know, wanting those mountains, wanting that gold and jewels. Uh, and it led to a war of near extinction. And as a result, uh, both the dwarves and the elves withdrew from the regular world rather than risk uh, being annihilated by the sheer tidal wave of humans. Uh, which, that's a noteworthy thing about the D&D mythos, uh, is the somewhat reduced size of their population by comparison to, for instance, humans. Uh, you know, humans are clearly the, the species that spreads widest, farthest, fastest. Uh, and while the dwarves and elves come with all of these wonderful, unique powers and long lives, they don't spawn like blowflies on dead meat. Yeah. Uh, you know, which is a wonderfully human trait. And that's what we're going to be covering here in these little demi-human uh, podcasts. And uh, as we don't talk about demi-human, they are not less than human. We just use the term. But, uh, yeah, the demi-human races are, of course, uh, very powerful. And they make a lot of fun role-playing encounters. Playing a dwarf well... Uh, can be sometimes a little comical. Sure, you get short jokes, and yeah, you're always expected to be the hard drinker in the group, but, you know, you can break all those archetypes. You can be a more pacific druid-type dwarf. Not true in the newer editions. Yeah, you can be a, you know, a keeper of the mountain ways and stone, uh, forlorn stone, lonely areas of those mountain passes, I'm, trying, I'm stumbling over myself trying to think of the name, but I, it escapes in the moment. But yeah, the natural beauty of mountains lends itself well to another facet of druidism. Hmm. Interesting. Like and, it. you know, they can be more remote from the petty hatreds of their clansmen. True. Uh, that absolute neutrality lends itself to a certain apolitical state of mind, yeah. where, you know, like, yeah, there are things that are more lasting than these little petty feuds. Uh, you know, the mountain itself will outlive all your grudges. Yep. Uh, yeah, it, it's kind of a nice idea. Uh, I accept the whole druidism thing. I mean, I'm not ready for a dwarf that reeks of patchouli and uh, wears a hemp sack. Well, maybe they're much more hardworking and have a <laughs> higher degree of worth ethic, work ethic and personal hygiene. Then why would they be a druid? <laughs> oh, well, well. Uh, All right, that's it, Druids. <laughs> going to be one of our topics here. I think that's our meta topic that we're going to start on. I think we found it. We're going to do something about Druids. Yeah, you, you're going to want to do a Druid episode. Yeah, we're going to do a Druid I'm going to nerf that. Yeah, well, we'll see. So, yeah, when you I, created... I, I might tolerate it if I built up enough back sass. I yeah. Guess I've got to save up a, a whole tank full of insults for oh, that. A tank full? Oh, yeah. I don't know if I'll be able to carry on. Um, but, however... When you create a dwarf, you know, always think sometimes outside of the box. Maybe it could be a, a beardless dwarf, you know, shamed and, you know, he just shaves his beard because he no longer has uh, a love for his clan. Maybe they did something to him. They betrayed him. Or yeah. he did something so disgraceful that on sobering up and looking back at it, he's like, I will live away from my clan until I have expiated my shame through death. 
So that's one of the big hooks when he created Dwarf, is this understanding why they left the safety of the clan and the order. Perhaps they didn't fit in. Maybe they're just a brawler, and they loved the excitement and uh, lust of battle. You know, gold is a powerful attraction to them, but so is battle lust. And dwarves aren't far off from the Nordic... Berserker. Yeah, Berserker uh, ethic, and so, you know, that could also fit in. A dwarven barbarian who just... He's a madman! <laughs> oh, I really want to end this episode with the song Dwarf Invasion. Oh, yeah, Dwarf Invasion. It's well, a Dwarf Invasion. Look that up. Yes, YouTube. go to YouTube, look up Dwarf Invasion, hit play. Uh, no harm will come to you, I promise. Uh, you can even have the children in the room for this one. Uh, okay, well, maybe not, but no? whatever you want to do with dwarves. Is there anything terrible in that song that uh, I did? No, it's not. It's not no, I, I but, didn't, but, I didn't think so. Watching a dwarf uh, fight a uh, one-eyed, hook-handed nun, a peg-legged nun, <laughs> might uh, set you back a little bit. <laughs> you might have some... Uncomfortable questions to answer, but... Ah, right after Sunday school goes horribly awry. <laughs> <laughs> but um, dwarves, when you decide to make a character, you know, you can always think out of the box, too. You don't have to follow the archetypes. And, you know, you don't have to use an axe or a hammer or a big bashing weapon. You, know, you might even have a dwarven swashbuckler, heavens to Betsy. Oh, well, hey, I mean, you know, he, he may know, he may not be a dab hand at uh, sailing, um, but uh, who's to say that he's not uh, quite the rake hellion in town? Oh, yeah, well, I've had a dwarven pirate. Oh. Yeah, dwarven pirate could be another good one that you exploit for some good fun. They love to drink. Yeah, well, true, just don't fall off the boat. And maybe a dwarf falls in love with the sea, just like a dwarf can fall in love with an elf. Yeah, true, true. Uh, and make Little dwarves together. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yep, to our little <laughs> sawed-off, runty, axe-wielding man maniacs, we thank you, dwarves, for all the fun you brung and all those oh, stone yeah. traps that you found for us and all those goblin skulls you've cleaved in. Oh, yeah, endless fun. I've had a lot of fun playing dwarves over the years, as much fun as playing any of the other classes, uh, although, uh, too tell the absolute truth, uh, I've only really had fun playing a gnome once, uh, but I've always enjoyed playing dwarves. Uh, they have never failed to amuse. Uh, redoubtable, uh, tough, resilient, and multi-talented, which when I'm crafting a character and it's going to be a small focused group, I oftentimes select uh, my character and uh, race based on how useful I'm going to be to the party. And I've never looked back with any kind of regret uh, after picking a dwarf. Oh no, and they're a lot of fun to play. So here's Lipton one to you, dwarves. Thank you for all the fun. Hail, hail, skulls and blood uh, <clears throat> and stone walls. Much mead to, to you. Mm -hmm. So wherever you are out there, I hope you have a great weekend coming up. It's Friday, so thanks once again for listening to us. And check out some of our associate podcasts, Tim Short's Stately Gothridge Manor. Beautiful Gothridge Manor. Mm -hmm. It's lovely this time of year. Oh, yeah. It's got that faint whiff of clove cigarettes hovering all about it. It does. And the silver jewelry is particularly mm -hmm. attractive. And also, if you're just in for a good time, spike pit. Just drop on in. No, really. Just drop in. Yeah, just... Fall into the spike pit. 
And old man Grognard, who's older than any of us could ever be. I know. That Radio Grognard. How yes. old is Glenn Hallstrom? Older than all of you put together. <laughs> it's a, they're... <laughs> the Methuselah he, of he is the, gaming. He is the dwarven beard of gaming. Oh! It's <laughs> been growing this 800 years. Oh, it certainly no. looks like it. No, but uh, no, go Glenn. And also, follow me and die. Larry, Larry Hamilton, Hamilton, local cat. Check him out. And, uh, and with that, we're going to wrap it up. So again, may you have a great weekend, and may the dice... Always roll in your favor. We're out. See ya.